Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Happy New Year! I'm Kathy Kuhn, and I'm the Counseling Director here at Rolling Hills. Today, as we head into a new year and a new series, we want to focus our attention on getting healthy. Though at the start of the new year, many of us think about getting to the gym or eating healthy, which are important things, in this series, we're looking at health in every aspect, whether that be physically, relationally, emotionally, financially, or mentally. When we set our eyes on Jesus and learn to be healthy in all areas, that's how we're able to advance in our faith journey. Here's week one of our series, Advance. We're so glad you're here. All right. Well... Again, happy new year. Uh, Raise your hand if you're in that like new year, new you kind of category. You're like excited about it, right? And like you got got pumped on the 31st when it was like, ah, everything changes. Life is all different. Raise your hand if you're in that like new year, like really excited. Look at y'all. That's awesome. Uh, it, what about what about the folks that are in that like maybe cynical? Maybe you call yourself realist. Maybe that's the the crowd. Like you you're like New Year, New Year. It just means I'm gonna take a couple weeks before I can remember to just write 2022 rather than 2021. Like maybe the, don't raise your hand because you're already rolling your eyes about the New Year, New Year. I got it. I know who you are. Uh, I, I don't really know. I, I'm, I'm kind of probably middle ground maybe is probably the best place to, to say that I am. But really the, the reality is no matter where you land on it, there is something that's special about a new start, right? Something special about a blank page. Maybe, maybe if you're in that new year, new you, you really got excited when school started, you got a new notebook. I'm, I'm sure that you were of those people, right? You're like just something exciting about that, that new start. It sparks that reality or sparks that excitement about making resolutions and, and setting goals that move us forward, you know, and, and whether you're in the new year, new year, whatever, it, we all have those moments where we get excited about those resolution, making those steps forward. And as, as believers, as, as Christians, those who have put our faith in Christ, foundationally, what we're driving towards, what we're, what motivates us, what, what, what we've kind of, what our goals are is, is becoming fully mature disciples always taking that next step. And, and that's kind of what we're walking through or beginning this morning is a new series called Advance. And over the next several weeks, what we want to do is look at some different areas of our lives and look at what scripture has to, t- to say about what it means to take a next step, whether that's financially or relationally, emotionally, mentally, which are some of what we're going to cover. But this morning, we're going to start with the resolution or that area of life that significantly outpaces all the other resolutions that we make as, a, as, a, as humanity uh, at the beginning of the year. It, in 2021, it was estimated that seven, 74% of the adult population in the, in the United States made resolutions. That's about just over 189 million people, right? And of that 189 million people, the estimation was about 44, just over 44% or 116 million people made resolutions about health, fitness, diet, or exercise. And I would say that that's probably a little bit low. I would say it's got to be over the 50% mark of people that, that at least in the moment, right, in that first day or so, were like, I'm really going to get fit. And then the second happened and you're like, oh, never mind, I don't care, right? 
It's that time of year, though, that, that gym membership spike, that headlines on magazines or, or the, the front pages of magazines from men's health to people are reminding us or teaching us what, what it looks like or what happens to get to 60-second abs. Even Southern Living gets in on the action and teaching us how to lose inches while making mama's favorite casserole. That's a joke. That's not actually on the headline. It would be funny, though, if they did that. Personally, I, I'll say that, I, I, like, honestly, I was... As I was eating my way through the holidays, I had my eyes on the first or on the beginning of the year as, to, as that time where like everything will change there. I was definitely in that new year, new you kind of category. And we'll see what happens tomorrow because nobody starts and like you're only a psychopath if you start dying on a Saturday. Like that's just weird. Um, but the reality is we want to really look at, at what scripture says as, as what what God's word says, what the Bible says about these different topics, and specifically this morning about what it says about what's dominating the thoughts and the minds of what's almost half of the American population, of the adult population in America, and talking about health and our phys- physical health. And scripture has a lot to say. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and uh, verse 19 and 20 is going to be our passage this morning. And they'll be on the screen. I think verses 19 and 20 will be on the screen for us. But this is what God's word says. And then we'll dive in here. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Let's pray together. Jesus, it's, it would be easy to make jokes about I mean, it is easy to make jokes about the new year and resolutions that, that deal with our health. I, I'm, I assume that there's many of us in this room that have started a new year and thought that this was going to be the year that everything got right and we fixed all these problems and, and we've made it about a month, if that, and it's all fallen apart. God, I pray that this morning, what happens this morning and throughout the next several weeks as we do look at what it means to take a next step in all of these areas of our lives, that God, we would really truly look to your word. And Father, what we would hear from your word is truth that we can apply to our lives today. We pray that you would be glorified and that you would use us for your glory. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So before we get too far into this, I do want to make a couple of statements. One, as we talk about physical or or health and physical, I realize, one, that that there are some some of us that just have things, physical, physical ailments or whatnot, that are a part of our lives. And not everybody is going to listen to this and hear it through the same lens because maybe there's something, there's a physical ailment or something that you were born with, something that's happened to you that keeps you from necessarily doing some of the things that you might, that we might talk about in what we're, what we're walking through today. Also, another one that I want to lay out is I understand the argument between the inward and the outward, right? I, I feel like some of you are, are ready, like as a Western, with a, like Western gunfighters ready with Francine Rivers redeeming love quotes, and you're going to let me know God, God looks on the inside and not the outside. And like, listen, I know what scripture says. I, I know what First Samuel says, that the Lord doesn't look at things that, like, pe- look at things that people look at. 
People look at the outward appearance, but, but the Lord looks at the heart when he was talking about King David. I know what, 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 the, what the, Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs says, that charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Or my DC Talk friends would say, she ain't playing, right? And, and that was bad, I shouldn't have said that. Like I walked in my head, I was like, don't say it, don't say what I did anyway. But y'all know what I'm saying. Some of y'all DC Talk people, y'all know, Toby Mac. I'm with you. I understand that God does look at the heart. But there's also passages of scripture all throughout scripture that tells us that God sees everything and we can't neglect one and, and look at the other. God doesn't separate the physical and the spiritual in that way. These, these two are connected and we're not gonna disconnect the things that God connects. And the last one is I'm gonna say on the outset that I'm not an expert in, in health. I mean, y'all are like, really? But you physically, you look like a specimen. I get it, I know. This is not going to be like what I don't want you to hear in, in, in any this week or in future weeks is, is a, an infomercial for a particular type of lifestyle, right? Like I'm not going to tell you keto life is the way to go. This is not gonna be a, a CrossFit infomercial. We're not gonna talk about the total gym, right? I'm not even gonna bring up Suzanne Summers and the thigh master. Like that's not where we're going. I'm not gonna say that these are the things that we've gotta do, but what I wanna do is over the next little bit, kind of give us a theology of the body or a theology of health, a framework for us to operate in, something that kind of gives us some guide rails to say, this is what God thinks about our bodies physically, because God's word does speak to this, this reality that we have physical bodies so what does it say? Because it, it's important that we understand it because the, the physical aspects it, it, uh, in a culture that's obsessed with physical and the physique and health and beauty, it, it affects men and women from age 20 to 30, in, in their 20s and 30s, in their 60s and their 70s. And it certainly affects our elementary and our middle school and our high schoolers. And if we don't have the guardrails, if we don't have uh, the tools to navigate these waters, then I think that we'll walk down some, some troubled waters in our lives. Or we'll go through cycles of life that maybe God's word can rescue us from this morning. And so my goal is to really give us this framework, an elementary framework, an understanding of the body and health according to what God's word says, a, a theology of body and health. And it's a framework that I would say that doesn't come from the gym, but a framework that's guided and directed by the gospel. What does God's word tell us? And the first beginning of that framework, and is just kind of working through the kind of the sides of that, that we would say that what shapes what we understand about the body. The first thing is this, that God is the creator and the designer of our body. If you have your, if you have your um, worship guide there, if you want to write some notes, we don't have fill in the blanks this morning, but uh, you can write these in that God is the creator and designer of your body. We are not the product of some impersonal force or the, the accidental result of time and chance and natural selection. Listen, every inch of our human body is intricately, intentionally designed. Every inch is spectacularly and masterfully built. David writes in the Psalms, right? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. The, the human brain, the human eyes, the internal organs, they all bear the unmistakable marks of the universal's master craftsman, God himself. 
Leonardo da Vinci considered the human foot, just the human foot, comprising of one quarter of the bones in the human body. He said that the foot was a masterpiece of engineering and a work of art. He is the designer and the creator. He made it and and he values what he created. He says, and, and we know that he values it because he tells us, if you go back to the beginning to Genesis and chapter one of Genesis, it says, as he's creating all, all that we see and taste and touch, it says this, that then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. You jump down or verse 27, it says, And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then skip down to verse 31. And God saw what he made and he said it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Genesis Genesis records the unfolding of, of God creating all things. And every star in the vastness of space was created in this moment. Every plant and animal, every insect, every creature that swims in the waters that cover 70% of our, of our Earth's surface. Every organism, every molecule, every atom is intricately and intentionally shaped and molded by the creator. Every wild and wonderful and weird and colorful thing was created by God and he said all of it was good. But when he created man out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into them, he looked at it and he said, it was very good. Out of all of the billions, maybe trillions of different magnificent things that God created in, those, in the beginning, it was man that he looked at and said was very good. And all of the beautiful things, that was the thing that he valued the most, that, that was the, the greatest value, the only thing that he looked at and said was very good was man that he made in his own image. And it should do the same thing to us that it did to David in the Psalms where he says, when, when I consider your heavens, when I look up in the skies and see all that's there, the works of your finger, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? and human beings that you care for them. He values his creation. He created us intricately, intentionally, masterfully designed. And as designer, the second part of the framework for us is that he, he, he made us stewards of the body that he created. He made us stewards of our body. To be a steward means to, to, take, to be a caretaker of something that belongs to someone else, right? It, and it's probably one of my favorite dadisms, right? It's those things that, you know, dads say uh, that we think are funny, but maybe not, right? And my, one of my favorites is this, that when my kids talk about owning something or something that belongs to them is to remind them that they own nothing, that I own it all and I let them play with it or I let them use it, right? And it's one of my favorites. They all roll their eyes just like many of you did. But the reality is that, you know, like the bank could probably say that to me and I would not think it was nearly as funny as I do when I say it to my kids. But in his own way, God says the same thing to us. Listen to this, Psalm 24. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, 
the world and all who live in it. And even the passage that we read in 1 Corinthians just a second ago, our kind of basis for this, for this week, it says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which is whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. God says it to us in the same way that dads say it to their kids. You're not your own. You've been given the opportunity. You've been given the blessing to, to steward the body that he created intricately and masterfully. Right? And so this passage, it teaches us, the, these passages and throughout scripture, it teaches us that there's things as stewards that we stay away from. If you go back to the, 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 the verses preceding verse 19 and 20, we're not going to go through them this morning directly, but there's a lot that it talks about that. Why would you do this with your body? Don't you understand that your body belongs to the Lord? Why would you put your body in these places and with these things? And so a lot of it is a lot of what scripture warns us is what, what do you, what you don't do with your body, but it also gives us directions on what we do. And on the other hand, to be good stewards of our body means that there are things that we do that are good for our body and things that our body was meant for. And so what does that mean for us? What does scripture tell us about what that means for us to be good stewards of our body? I think Genesis chapter two, if we go back to creation, it says that in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, it says, the Lord took man, Adam and Eve, and he put them in the garden to work and to care for it. And the two things that he puts them in the, in the garden to do is to cultivate and to care, to be protectors of and to make it grow and flourish. And I think the same thing can be said of what our stewardship responsibility of our own flesh and the bones that we have is that we would care for it and cultivate it. Care for it, meaning that we would watch over it and guard it, keep watch over it. This doesn't mean... Uh, I already said it. This doesn't mean that, that for in some way that I want to advocate for a, a particular type of diet or that we should all go on a diet. That's not what I'm telling you. But I do think that scripture does tell us that we pay attention to what we put in our body. That we pay attention to what we subject our body to and what we use our bodies for. And so at some level, yeah, we do pay attention to what we eat and what we put in it. But it also means that we stop neglecting things in areas of our lives that we need to care for, like going to regular checkups. I'm like, I can't tell you how many dudes, myself included, are just like, ah, I don't need to go to the doctor. The reality is that we would be in a lot better health in our later years if we would have just gone to the doctor regularly when we were younger. And that's part of being a good steward of our bodies. It's not just so they can find out what they need to find out that's wrong. Like, right, I mean, you and I both think, like maybe you and I don't think this. I'm pretty sure if they poke around long enough, they can find things wrong, right? So I'm not just trying to figure out what's wrong, but there are ways that we take care of our body. Not neglecting those, those, those annual cares and those places that maybe we just need to just take care of. Maybe, maybe putting off that one thing, that one appointment or that one surgery or whatever it is that, that you've been putting off for a long time and you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter, but it's not good stewardship to do that. I'm glad that my wife is not in here this morning because she'd be like, mm-hmm, I told you. Because there's a, there's a procedure that I've put off for almost three years now. And to be honest, it's not good stewardship because the results of not, of not doing it could be far worse later on than it would be if I just went ahead and took care of it. 
To be good stewards of our body means that we care for it and we, we make sure that we do put in the things that need to be put in and we, to, we, we watch what we subject our bodies to and we use them for, but also to cultivate means to work and to labor so that it grows and flourishes. He said he put them in the garden so that they would work. And so naturally, these two that would be in the gardens and then their sons and then following that, it was what they would, their, their job to cultivate, to make what, what it looked like on the inside, to make that look like on the outside. As they would do that, they would use their bodies. They would be active. And so their muscles would grow and they would, be, they would use the things that God had given them for the things that God had given them for. That makes sense. So to cultivate means to work and to, and, and to use our bodies and to, act, to be active. And, there, and, and for centuries, humans have worked with their hands in ways that it's not necessarily, not necessarily the instructions that we need to work out or go for a walk in the same way that, that we would necessarily say in our like sedentary society. Like, like I'm, I'm pretty sure I could flip a car with this mouse finger right here. But as for the rest of my body, because I sit in a chair most of the days. And this right here, I mean, it's strong as an ox. But in order to take care and to cultivate, to make sure my body is not just wasting away, then I have to do some physical activity. And you're like, yeah, you do, obviously. That shirt's tighter than it was last time. Yeah, you're right. We have to think differently now than maybe we did for centuries where we didn't work, with, where we work with our hands where we worked with our hands and now we don't. And Paul says this in 1 Timothy, he says that physical training is of some value, but godliness has a value in all things, holding promises both in present life and life to come. So Paul says, hey, listen, godliness, training in godliness is of the greatest value, but he doesn't say training, in physical, training physically is of no value. So there, we have to hold these in tandem. What's the greatest training for godliness? Making sure that we're in God's word and spending time with God in his word and praying and practicing the disciplines of the faith. But there's also value in physical training and making sure our bodies are, are ready and toned, or not toned, that's not the right word, strong and ready to be active. I'm not saying that we need to work out five days, five, six days a week. Listen, if that's what you do, then do that. But I do believe that God's, that God's word ultimately tells us that as far as it is up to us, then we keep our bodies in a shape where they can be used. Which brings us to the, the last or the third part of our, of our framework, that God has a purpose for our body, a purpose and a plan for our body. He created you, created us and designed us. He values us and he makes us stewards of it. But what is that stewardship for? And if we look at our culture, what we would say is a culture that's obsessed with the physical, it's obsessed with, fit, fit, mm, it's obsessed with fitness and what we look like, our waistlines and six packs and not what we buy at the store, but what's underneath all this with biceps and blah, 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 right? That we're obsessed with experiences and, and pleasure, experiencing all the pleasure that's available to us. And, and I'm not saying that, that any of these things are, are wrong, right? But today, if we look at our culture, there's all of these things that that's, they say are important. Maybe in, even in our culture that they, our body gets in the way of what we think we want it to be. 
Why a good theology of the Bible or a good theology of our body is important is not just because of the physical aspects of taking care and cultivating, but there's so many things in our world right now that are downstream of a reality that God cares about and has a purpose for your body, physically the way he designed it, biologically the way that you are. And if we don't know it, then we don't know how to navigate these waters. But he has a plan for your body. We have to have a better answer then for, than what our culture has that's obsessed with six packs and waistlines. We have to have a better answer than, because as Christ followers, we believe that Christ, that God is the creator and designer. So we have to have a, a better answer for the purpose that God has, that has for our body. And the goal has to be greater than simply looking good in the mirror. It has to be better than, than taking great selfies on Instagram and people thinking that we look good. It has to be greater than simply being attractive or impressive outwardly or this weird pipe dream where we think that we can remain youthful for the rest of our lives, there has to be something better. And so I believe scripture tells us over and over, it testifies that God's plan and his purpose for the body that he's given us is more functional than it is form. That God's plan and purpose for our body is more functional than it is form. That God's plan and purpose for your body in two ways is more functional than it is form. Two ways is that, that it is for his glory and for good work, for his glory and ready for good work. For the sake of time and honestly, because I believe scripture does a better job of making points than I can ever do. I just want you to listen to these handful of scriptures that I believe point to these two things, for his glory and ready for good works. Back to our passage earlier that you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God, glorify God with your body. In Isaiah 43, it says, everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, that he created us for his glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, so whatever you do, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God in the physical body that you have. There's no eating or drinking spiritually, right? Physically, so he says, physically, whatever you, whatever you eat or drink in this physical body that you have, do it for the glory of God. His purpose and his plan is that we glorify him. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, it says, but we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are also being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. Ephesians chapter two, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. In Romans, Paul says this, Romans chapter 12, therefore I urge you, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true act of worship. To glorify God with our body. 
more about function than it is form. And the function is to glorify God with the physical body that he's given us in word and in action, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God and laying down our lives on a, as a sacrifice to him, to be used by him for good works, to be ready for good works. And so why, do, why is there any kind of conversation about what we do with our bodies is because when we're ready for good works, when we're physically able, as much as it is up to us, we take care of and cultivate the body that he's given us so that when there's opportunity to do good works, we're ready. As much as it is able up to us. God expects us to care and to cultivate the bodies that he's given us, not to worship them. Listen, fitness is a worthy goal, but it is an unworthy God. The bodies that he's given us, our, our body as an instrument is an, is an incredible instrument that can be used for God's glory and for good works, but it is a horrible master. It will never deliver on the promises that it makes. He expects that we cultivate and that we care for. And his purpose is that we would use it for his glory and to be ready for good works. And the final aspect of this framework is that we're reminded that God will restore our bodies when we die. That there's restoration to come. It's important for us to remember that this body, this physical body that we have, our hands and our feet and the flesh that covers the muscles and the bones that are underneath it, that as intricately and intentionally as it was designed and spectacularly and magnificently and masterfully it was built, it's wasting away and it's temporal. It's temporary. Paul says that it's a tent. It's not a tent that we're trying to escape from. It's, it's one that he gave us, but it's a, it's a tent and it is, it is wasting away. It's first or second Corinthians chapter five. It says, for while we are in these tent or this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with a heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by what is life. Now to the one who has fashioned us for ev- for the very purpose of God who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Listen, because of sin, our bodies begin to waste away from the very beginning. Our bodies begin to, to, even as we are growing, our bodies begin to waste away and, and to experience pain and trial and disease and sickness. And so, so, so many of us experience, some, some of us experience those trials and pain and sicknesses and disease more than others. But, but real, the reality is that none of our bodies escape it. That these bodies that are meant for God's glory and to be ready for good work, they're broken and we can't escape. The realities are the physical aspects of that body wasting away. The problem is we experience, what we experience in our body will never, never ultimately be solved by our bodies. You know, on the one hand today, as, as so many people have made these resolutions, what they're looking at is saying that if I just do these things and I can solve all the problems that are in my body with, with, with exercise and activity and eating right. And listen, for sure, we can do some things to fix some of the problems that we experience in our body with exercise and diet and not doing some things and adding some things. But the problem is we're never going to experience or solve ultimately the problems that are in our body 
with this body. We may be able to improve it, but we'll never solve what's broken. The only hope for us, the only hope that we have in this body is the body of Jesus that was fully broken and finally broken for us. And that by looking to his brokenness and his body that was broken, we find a true hope for our own. The pain that we experience in our body today, the struggles that we have with body image, that as you look in the mirror, and some of you experience this, some of you don't, but you hate what you see. The illness that some, for some of us comes and goes, some of us it sticks around for a little while, ultimately some of it that it's gonna ultimately take our lives, disabilities that happen to us or that have been around for us since birth, they are all what Paul says in, this, in 2 Corinthians, what he says there, they are all the groans that are meant to drive us to hope in him. The reality that one day his spirit being in us, what we said at the very beginning, we know that his spirit, we're the temple of God with his spirit in us, that that spirit is a guarantee that one day the brokenness that we feel will be fully restored if we get to spend the rest of our, or get to spend eternity with him. And in the meantime, all of those things are groans that are meant to drive us to hope and to trust in him. That one day these, this pain will be swallowed up in life. This, this body that is wasting away will be swallowed up in, in life that is eternal. That God has a plan for us. And this is where he's leading us for those of us who, who, are, who are believers, who have trusted Christ for salvation. Maybe this morning all this is really interesting and you're like, okay, that's cool. You have a theology of, of body and health, but... Maybe you've just never put your faith in Jesus. And I can tell you that you can, you can do all the things that you want to do, but until you put your faith in Jesus, none of these things that we've talked about are really going to matter. So we said, ultimately, the, the problems in our own body are never going to be solved by our body. They're going to be solved by the broken body of Jesus who laid down his life for our sake. So if you haven't, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I'd say that next step for you before a resolution to get fit in 2022 would be to find what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And if that's where you are, if you've already trusted Christ for salvation, then I think that the next step is still not to get fit in 2022. It's to put your life as a living sacrifice and say, God, use me for your glory and for good works. I'm not saying don't get fit, but make it your priority. The physical, that, that God would use the physical body that you, he's given you for his glory. And if a part of that is losing a couple inches off the waistline, go for it. Total Jim or Suzanne Summers, whatever. Think you can still get a thigh master somewhere but ultimately finding our hope in him who put on flesh and came and died for us. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we reflect on these things and over the next several weeks, we reflect on what our next step looks like. And, and as individuals who trust you and 
are disciples. We want to grow to be fully mature disciples. And we understand that you put a value on the body that, we've, that you've given us to be stewards of that, to care, to cultivate, and to use this flesh that you've given us while we're on the earth that we're on for your glory and to be ready for good works. And so, Father, I pray that what we talk about in this time each week would not, would not come across as trivial or trite, God, that it would, we would understand the reality of what your word says. And we would take our next step in taking care of the things that you've given us to be stewards of for the time that we have on the earth that you've put us here. For your glory and for, for good works. Father, if somebody here this morning doesn't have a relationship with you, Father, I pray that you would move them to that. You would open their hearts to find out what that next step would look like for them. To put their faith in the one who did come and put on flesh and body was broken for us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it or share it with some friends. You can also check out some of our other great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful for you.